with Adam Collins. Today, a short ep, but a very sweet one too. A conversation with Neil and Joy Maxwell, the parents of you-know-who. Recorded in the family home where Glenn grew up, this will give you a sense of how it is riding the wave of his career from their unique perspective and the thrill of what it's like for them when everything clicks, as it did so spectacularly against Afghanistan during the World Cup a few weeks ago. Before getting into the chat, a reminder that the guest at our live show on Monday at the Corner Hotel is, of course, Glenn himself. It's sold out now, but if you are coming along, be sure to bring your Maxwell for Australia t-shirts. Or if you haven't got one yet, League Tees will be in attendance to sort that out, and I'm sure he'll be happy to sign them all. Our pals at Fisher Classic Prints will also be there if you're looking for the perfect cricket-themed Christmas gift. From there, our attention will turn to our Sydney live show on the 7th of January. That's night five of the Pakistan Test at the SCG. Tickets are still on sale for that one. Grab yours by hitting the link in the show notes today. Our guest announcement for that is coming soon. This episode, like everyone that we're producing throughout the Australian summer, is brought to you in partnership with Seabus Super. 40 years of long-term net returns and providing working people with access to the magic of compound interest has been transformative. This has provided members with comfort and security that their parents and certainly their grandparents would barely have believed possible. Heading into this, the 40th anniversary year, Seabus thanks their founding members, unions, employers and leaders for their vision, hard work and lasting legacy. Their collaboration improved and continues to improve the lives of working people across the country. Year after year, CBUS's default investment option growth, My Super, has delivered strong results for members, returning an average of 8.89% per year since inception some 39 years ago. Past performance is not a reliable indicator. Of future performance, jump on cbussuper.com.au and get your super sorted out. Right, on with the show and off to South Belgrave. All right, it's the Final Way Cricket Podcast, Adam Collins, and I'm sat in the kitchen of, well, Glenn Maxwell's childhood home, sat opposite his parents, Neil and Joy. Uh, great to have you both on. I know that you, you're not sort of that enthusiastic about us putting the mics on, but believe me, this is a friendly place and uh, looking forward to talking to you and hearing from you about, uh, I suppose, the, the roller coaster that must be being the parent of an international superstar. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thank you. Adam. Thanks, it's Adam. lovely to have you here. Yeah, well, first of all, it's, it's just nice being, you know, in suburban Melbourne, not a long way from where I grew up. But, the, I mean, this is this is Glenn's home, isn't it? Like, this is where he oh, yes. grew up. Sorry. It's not as though you've moved here at some point when he's made no. his millions in the IPL. I mean, you, you have been lifers of this. Home for the whole of his life, yeah. Mm. So when he comes back here, it must be quite a grounding experience for him and indeed for you having him back here when he sort of does laps of the world. Yes, he often pops over to the club across the road and mm. you know reminisces with the boys and it's great that's the one thing I noticed when driving down Neil I mean it's literally across yes. the road South Belgrave Cricket Club yes. you know, when we speak of the local club that's effectively his backyard it is yeah like every every night after school basically he dragged me over to the nets <laughs> to throw balls at him so yes it's uh, yeah it's nice nice and handy we've even got our own little track which goes through the oval if you actually look across the road you'll see the track through, which is actually the one we actually made to get to the nets. <laughs> so. To make it even quicker. Yes. Shortcut. <laughs> so a shortcut. So shortcut. And, they actually, and they actually installed a gate for us, <clears throat> actually in the fence, so that we could get through. 
with a lot of kids growing up, there's been well, there's often a lot made of the circumstances upon which they grew up in their backyards and so on. And did you draw any links to the way he plays, the way the unique approach he has to batting, to the the, the backyard and I guess the hill and the slope here uh, that that was his pitch? Yeah, uh, it's probably probably so. Um, like you really did have to manufacture a few shots out there on on that wicket. It's a very difficult wicket, you just have to say. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I think actually, people probably get the wrong idea about Glenn uh, because when he was a kid, he was a very, very traditional player. Um, very straight, very normal. Um, it wasn't really until uh, probably uh, his late teens that he sort of managed to develop his game in, in a slightly different direction. Um, but he was always a, a very correct player. That's, that's quite interesting that, that, that there wasn't a natural thing for him to play extravagantly, that he kind of learnt a more conventional form of cricket before yeah. branching out? Yeah. Well, he was actually, you know, up until about the age of probably about 14, 15, he was actually quite a small kid. Um, like, you know, he, he grew in a hurry after that, but uh, uh, but up to that, uh, that point of time, he didn't have a lot of strength. And hitting boundaries probably wasn't necessarily a strong point, but when he got to a certain age, when he started to build on a bit of muscle and bulk, not this huge anyway, but uh, then obviously he started to hit boundaries. And as, I think as soon as that started to happen, I think that's when his his desire to do that more, I think, I think uh, sort of grew. And that nature-nurture, that age-old question, Joy, I mean, is, the, is there cricket in either of your families specifically or was it more that, you know, you live across the road from a club and he's living that pretty common that boy Neil, experience? Neil played cricket. Played. Neil played cricket. Yeah. My brother played cricket. Mm. I think that, you know, like both our families, sport, we've always right. been sort of sporty but not, you yeah. know, not to the extent of Glenn but always interested in getting out and playing tennis or mm. netball or whatever. So, and got older siblings, which you know you speak to the sports science types. They always point to having older siblings as a pretty good uh, determining factor of going on to play uh, high level sport. So you know, it, be it out in the backyard or or in the or in the house or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, and he, uh, both Lisa and Daniel were very sporty. Very sporty. So mm. you know, it's Quite natural capable. that they would just spend time with their little baby brother throwing <laughs> balls to him or. <laughs> you know, taking him out for a run and all those sorts of things. So yep. they were always, you know, playing outside or even inside. Yep. But there were always balls flying around <laughs> yes. our house inside. Yes. Never a broken window either, which was yeah. pretty never, miraculous. Never <laughs> dropped a catch. <laughs> Nothing else. Uh, just jumping to the, the present day, having had the six weeks on the field that he has winning the World Cup, but of course you know, the extraordinary individual performances, not least what happened against Afghanistan. Talk us through what that's like for the two of you. Yes, middle of the night, but the extent to which you can sit up all through it and, and the roller coaster of emotions that, that must uh, go hand well, in glove well, with some following of his career. Some of us sat through it. How do we work out that with you two? The, well, the, the 201... Mm. I was at my daughter's house for the night, babysitting her son and her dogs So, because she was away. So we were separated and I thought he might go to bed because, you know, batting second, mm. you know, yeah. he needed his sleep. Mm. And I, sat, I was 
in my daughter's bed with my phone on KO, you know, trying to get a signal and trying to maintain it. When he got to 100, I texted Neil and said, did you see that? And I didn't get a reply and I thought, oh, he's asleep, you know. Well, he's going to get a surprise when he wakes up. Anyway, I couldn't stop watching and, of course, then, you know, he collapsed on the ground. I thought he was having a fit. I, you know, I was really upset but I didn't dare call him because I thought I'd lose my connection to KO um, in the middle of the night. And um, anyway, as soon as he got, you know, like once he started playing again, I was, you know, reassured that, you know, it was okay and just um, kept watching and couldn't believe it. I was just gobsmacked. He was amazing. Phoned him as soon as it was finished did you see that? Did you see that? And he's like, what, what? Oh. <laughs> Obviously sound asleep. And I just said, Glenn's just made 201, not out. You have to watch it. He goes, I'm up, I'm watching it. So you got it in time for the... Yeah. I, I actually, I, I switched it on straight away, watched the replay straight away. Yes. Uh, and all the way through, so... I, Okay, I was a little late coming to the party, but... Uh, yeah, he yes, saw it, but oh, I, I couldn't sleep it. after that. And, of course, mm. that was when the Optus, we had an Optus outage. And, yeah, so couldn't yeah. get back onto it. And yes, that's right. It was, yeah. Because we're both the, with Opt- yeah. Optus. I think that adds to the mystique of the morning. Like, yeah. I wasn't in Australia at the time, but from what I gathered from mates who were with Optus... It was old school. It was like chucking on the television or the radio to get the updated what had happened and so yes, on. So yes. I don't think that's divorced from the magic of that morning. But yeah, I guess waking up to it, quite a relatable experience for 20 million Aussies who would have been interested in knowing what had happened. But for you personally, I mean, that must be just thoroughly overwhelming knowing <laughs> as a cricketer yourself what that what, what 201 not out in, in, and I'm sure you would have been told it was 7 for 90 odd at one stage, what that constitutes. I, well, I don't think we actually went into that detail. I actually no. only got to the point of saying... You've got to get out and watch this. You've got to get out and watch this. He's 201 not out. And, uh, and from that point onwards, then I discovered all the rest of it. But, uh, uh, but yeah, we've watched it. Oh, we've watched it many uh, times since. 20-odd times or something since. So <laughs> many it's, uh, times. Yeah. yeah, I sometimes ask cricketers that if they watch their own performances back on YouTube later. Most of them say yes because yeah. they use it as a source of yeah. inspiration during tough times. Yeah. But I suppose as a contemporary cricketer, he, he'd never be far away from it, right? He'd be getting questions about it or talk yes. to about it every yeah. day and the same for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah cool. I did, well, I did message him and, you know, like a, later on I said to him, do, do you know what you've done? And he goes, oh... You know, it's good, but <laughs> it's going to take a while to sink in. Mm. Yeah. Did, did you sense that immediately? Did you sense, because there are various points in that tournament, right? There's the, the 40 ball 100, which breaks all the records. I, I what Did you, were you awake for that? That was yes. first innings, right? Yes, I saw that one. We saw that one. Yes. So you saw that one. <laughs> yeah. And you, it's just when you think that Maxwell Mania can't get yeah. any more. And then there's that the double 100. But yeah, as people were trying to place it, we were all trying to place it where it sat in the list of great innings. I mean, it's hard to mount a case there's ever been a better one-day innings ever played, right? I think yeah. most cricket people arrived at a similar conclusion in the context of it being a World Cup. You know, walking on a hat-trick ball, seven for 90, yeah. 201 not out, all of the different metrics and and even just the, the drama of being able to barely move and yes. straight-legged yes. sixes and ending yes. it the way that he did. All of these various bits. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. sort of realise... Dear me, this is going to be something that people are talking to him about and thus you and your families about for the rest of your lives. Oh, yes. We had so many messages too. Yeah, we, yes. you know, like was phone, amazing phone people yeah. asking us, you know, like, how did he do it? And 
is he okay? And, you know, as a mother, that was my main worry. I was Mm. so proud of him, but so worried. What did that do to his body, you Mm. know? Like, that, Mm. that was horrendous. And the amount of sweat and how he was lying on the ground and, you know... What happens to a person when that yes. when that's going on? I mean, he, I think the adrenaline kept him going afterwards and he was smiling and everything, but, gee, the recovery must have been... <laughs> Pretty horrendous. Horrible. <laughs> yes. Well, it's straight out the back of the falling off a golf cart as well, let's remember. I mean, having yeah, to go through the concussion that, protocols. Yes, that that yeah. was awful. And, you know, like, nobody seemed to care. They seemed to think, you know, he, he'd done that to himself by being, you know, a fool or, you know, mucking around or whatever. Mm. I mean, as a mum, I probably don't really know the full story, but, you know, he was on a moving vehicle and fell off onto concrete. What does that do? He had grazes all over his back and Mm. shoulder and, you know, like plus a huge gash in the back of his head. Mm. Just imagine your body hitting the ground like that. That's... You know, I mean, it wasn't going at speed, but it's still horrible. Yeah. And yeah. it could have been so much worse, you know, and after all he's done to get himself back from that broken leg, which, mm. again, wasn't his fault, but, you know, like, he's just done an amazing job, superhuman effort to to be out there performing... Especially when he had such a horrible break. Especially when the surgeon didn't think he'd actually make it back either. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. Mm. Feels like with both the broken leg Mm. and the golf cart incident that people were very quick to arrive at their own conclusions and to, yeah, ultimately to judge and to say, well, this fits into a narrative that we've decided um, is him or or, uh, whether the extent to which that's true, whatever, it's more that a lot of people rush to judgment. That must be t- difficult as parents, like seeing your boy be not criticised for... For I being suppose, a person. He, he's yeah. just being a person. He's like had a game of golf or, you know, played yeah. a couple of games of golf and, you know, and they've just jumped onto the cart to go back to the bus. You know, like, what is he doing? He's 35. He's That's what he's doing. Anybody would be doing that. Hmm. Prime of his life sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Being a normal you know, like, I mean, how many things do people do that you can judge as being stupid? Hmm. And I've yeah, always wondered, like, how much of run that... Run across the road. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if he runs across the road and, you know, a person on a bike bangs into him, he, he's the idiot, you know, like, it's... Yeah. It's um, very judgmental, you know, like, about a person who's just going about his life, like he was at the party. He's just... Being at a party, oh. an adult, mm. and and the trauma that ensued with yeah, not not having the ambulance, and you know, he's yeah, told that yeah, story in great yeah. depth. But the I saw him in India earlier in the year, and he was like obviously in a lot of trouble still, clearly yeah. um, oh, yes. with what he was yeah. able to do physically and to to make that return. But yeah, that that got built into this or baked into this idea and I've always pondered or, or speculated that it kind of goes back to the way that he bats and people see mm. him as the batter and they conclude well if he bats that way then that surely must be the way that yeah, yeah. he lives his life I mean does that <laughs> not quite <laughs> right but, I, but having it's to it's almost like he's a character yes. he's not mm. he's not real you know like yeah. he, he's a character he's not a person he's not a a son a brother mm. you know a teammate. He's he's this character that's yeah. 
a big show or, you know, like it's weird. Yeah. And do you feel like with all of that said that because of what happened against Afghanistan, I mean, I hate to bring it all back to that, but so much <laughs> of this story will with him, oh, I suspect, yes. yeah. 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 that yeah. finally it might have just clicked for the Australian public and the wider public, oh, that's what he is. You know, like, oh, we, we get it now rather than being too reductive about him as a cricketer, that they now have a better feeling and a better handle on, on why he's been given the opportunities over a long yes. and productive career that he has. Yes, it was, so. it was yeah. brilliant Hopefully to so. see him yeah. have that innings because, you know, like, I mean, we've always known he's capable yeah. of playing capable like of, that. That's how he plays. <laughs> That's how he plays. It doesn't always come Mm. off. He can, you know, get out there and go out for a duck or, you know, get the blame because, you know, he's come in at six Mm. down or whatever and and then he goes out playing what everybody calls a silly shot Mm. and he gets the blame for, you know, the team losing, which is, you know, very harsh. But this innings that he played, it all came together and it was just... Amazing, and that is him. Yeah. He's amazing. Does it take a thick skin for the two of you when it, when it's rugged for him, as it often has been throughout a long career in the public eye, when people have taken their shots and so on, as as, as is the rough and tumble of the public domain, I guess. How have you managed your own intake of news and social media and these types of things? Can you divorce yourself from all of that, or do you kind of get plugged in? You can't divorce yourself entirely. You can you can discount a lot of it. Like, yeah, people will say silly things and just just ignore it but um yeah some of it gets through yeah uh, glenn always says to me don't don't read don't read it but i can't help it you know joy's more more i read most most things and i do get upset yeah i really want to reply (laughs) (laughs) i know i can't i know i can't so i just go to neil Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just say calm down. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> and some so, of that happens a long way from home as well, right? Like, given how much time he spends on the road each year, much of that time in the Indian Premier League and other domestic tournaments. Uh, you know, I guess that sense so of distance. It's not so bad actually when he's when he's in India because uh, th- there's not a lot of criticism when he's actually in India. Funny enough, it's uh, the Indians love him, so it's, um, it's it never seems to be so much of a problem. It's probably only when he was playing, you know, for Australia, in Australia or whatever, that, uh-huh. then then it gets bad. And just the idea of him being away a lot, that's the other thing with being an international sportsman that, mm. or, or, or anyone that works in a job that's away from their family yeah. a lot, especially if you've got a strong relationship, uh, trying to find ways to normalise that. Yes, mm. yeah. yeah we right. do a lot of FaceTime and yeah. things like that. But, you know, like, I mean, when they're in a team environment, they're, mm. you know, they've got their teammates and... Yeah. But they they do have a lot of downtime where they're just in their room by themselves and, mm. you know, it sort of does get lonely. Mm. It's a, it is a hard life. You know, even though people say, oh, you know, they get paid well and they're, you know, well looked after, which is very true, but it is a monotonous life. It's a difficult life. Just with this last T20 series, you know, they were travelling, training, playing, Travelling, training, playing. It was just one thing after another. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It's mm. a very hard regimen, really. And um, even if you've got a, your family with you, it's very hard for the, mm. them to go on that with babies and little children and, you know, like, 
Yeah. Very difficult. Very tough. Well, I suppose that, that for anyone who's in the support network of someone who's got a a high-profile job, and yeah, at the end of the day, it is his job, right? Yeah. Mm. That you all get swept up in that and you all play your own roles in supporting him at different points through his life. But yeah, yeah is, do you sometimes feel as though, now let me word this carefully, but your own identity is so wrapped up in his performances now, which obviously you, you, you've got your own agency as your own human beings and been around a lot longer than he has. But is that an odd experience where so much yeah. of your own... Yeah, sometimes mm. it's just... You know, you get introduced as Glenn Maxwell's mum. Yeah, or <laughs> well, Glenn Maxwell's dad. Yeah, like, yeah. I get that a lot. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, like I'm me, I'm my own person. Mm. And you think, oh, you know, like how many people just want to know you because you're his mother? That's a little bit weird. That takes a little bit of getting used to him. But, yes, you know, I mean, we've, we've got our friends. We mm. know who yeah. like us as people, not just because who our son is. Must require time to build up a filter to that because, right, you know, suddenly you're thrust into this world of these people who have these profiles and you know who they are. They may not necessarily know who you are outside of what your kid's doing. That, that must yeah. take a bit of time to build up. Yeah, somewhat. Um, yeah. I don't think we really... We don't really have a huge circle anyway. I mean, no. you know, we're both retired and yep. mm. our circle of friends is very... I've got some know, golf mates. Tight. But... Uh, yeah, but, uh, I play golf with every three weeks. But uh, yeah. well, what did you guys work in when he was growing up? I worked at Random House Publisher, and Neil. I was IT manager for fifteen odd years with Reg Hunts. Yeah, and you've been retired through the duration of you know most of what he's been. Yeah, uh, for the last I've been about mm. five or six years. So, so I suppose that means you get plenty of time, and not. To, I mean, I know you've been grandparents before, but now that mm. uh, you get the experience all over again with uh, yes. the arrival yes. of Logan yeah. Maverick, yes. what a name yeah. that is. Honestly, yeah. uh, <laughs> belter of a name that is. And getting that experience to, to be with them together as a, yeah. as a three in, yeah. in the last couple of, well, what's he been about last week and a half or something like that? Yeah, mm. yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's uh, um, the little one's three months old, mm. so yeah. he's doing very well. He's gorgeous. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so you know, I mean that was really hard for Glenn too. He had to leave when Logan yeah. was four weeks old, and that uh, yeah. two weeks old, maybe two weeks old, mm-hmm. and um, yep. yeah, didn't see him again till he was six weeks old. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. and it, it was really hard for him to you know miss out on those few weeks of early life, and um, yeah, so I think now he's getting back into the swing of finding out what it's like to have a little baby around. Even though, you know, when they were travelling together in India, he realised that, you know, little babies cry a lot. Um, But, yeah, hopefully they'll get back into the swing of a good routine now. Felt interesting during that World Cup how often he would say exactly that, like after a big or small performance he kept saying well right back to being a dad yeah yes. like yeah. Uh, he's yeah, really taken like, to that with yes. i mean yeah. most people do i guess but with real enthusiasm and that that's that's job number one right yeah that's yeah. right yeah make great dad yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and um and i suppose for for you guys it'll be a case of um as the roller coaster ride continues in the next couple of years or however long his career continues knowing that there'll be a point uh, where he doesn't play anymore where you'll be a lot closer physically with him doing less travel and, and that, that'll be something to look forward to when it's all over. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah it will be It'll be great. nice to sit down and talk to him about that one. <laughs> it's all, it's all life. 
So it will be good. It's brilliant. Look, uh, thank you both for taking the time to have a chat today in your in your kitchen here. Um, it's it's lovely to, to get some the other perspective of what it's like to be uh, part of uh, Glenn's world and central to it. And uh, may his career continue to bring you uh, much joy over the time that he has left. I'm sure it will. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. This is the final word. Thanks to Joy and Neil, lovely people and proud parents. I really enjoyed that and I hope you did as well. After we hit stop, I went into the backyard to get a look at Glenn's childhood pitch. And as his old man described in our interview, there's a slope right across it that puts Lords to shame and there are various crevices there right on a good length. So through that, you can get a bit of a feel for why the unorthodox has come so naturally to him throughout his career. There's also a lemon tree at the bottom of the garden where the fruit contributes to his power hitting practice, whacking them over the fence to his neighbours who at the time were in some dismay, but I suspect they forgive him now. In closing, to support Jeff and me getting to make all the episodes that we do each week, visit patron.com forward slash the final word and get your pledge in for our history show story time. This weekend we have not one but two guest hosts, Daniel Norcross and Bharat Sundarason, teaming up to tell the tales of the game's past. I suspect that'll be worth listening to. Patreon.com forward slash the final word to get involved with all of that. And I'll pop a link in the show notes to buy a Maxi for Australia shirt from League Tees if you're not coming to the live shows. And if you are, get one on Monday at the Corner Hotel. All right, thanks to Seabus Super and thanks for listening. Bye for now. I had to go about it.